Welcome to My Orgasmic Life Podcast, a show that where we talk about sex, love, relationships, and kink. And of course, my favorite part, I share with you my very graphic, very juicy, and always entertaining orgasmic life. I'm Gaia Morissette, your hostess, and your holistic sexual wellness specialist, your trauma healer, your BDSM expert, and of course, your pro dominatrix. Mm. <laughs> the show was inspired to inspire you to support your orgasmic living. Remember, always check the content warning before you listen and make sure you're listening where no one else can hear it because you never, ever know what I'm going to say because I always come with an explicit graphic content warning. <laughs> now, strap in and enjoy the show. Hello, I'm your hostess with hostess. I want to say before we get into our, you know, our conversation for today, as always, make sure you read the show notes content warning so you know what you're getting yourself into. Also, I want to give a shout out to my audience. That's right, you, you, the listener. I love that you take time out of your day to listen and spend time with me. And uh, I really would love to hear from you, um, to hear about what you're enjoying about the shows, if there's any topics um, that you really want me to talk about, uh, if you know any like really entertaining and intriguing um, and playfully fun guests that may want to come on to the show. Uh, so yes, I, I, I openly and lovingly invite you to, to tell me what you think, to give me feedback, to share some ideas, all right? And you can do that at the end of the show has all the ways that you can reach me and make contact with me and stuff, okay? All right, so let's get into our show. So today, we're gonna talk about cross-dressing. And um, we're gonna go into you know some different aspects of cross-dressing. Um, I haven't really talked much about cross-dressing throughout my podcast. I think I did one episode on, you know, men in panties, which, you know, is a great episode uh, to go check out. So let's talk about what is cross-dressing, the baseline, because there's, there's a lot of fluidity and there's a lot of layers and there's a lot of, you know, layers to cross-dressing. So let's start with cross-dressing is... Uh, somebody that identifies as one gender. I, I, I'm going to try to be as gender, gender fluid uh, and all inclusive as possible. Okay. So bear with me because there's a lot of, there's a lot of fluidity just in the conversation about cross-dressing. So, um, so somebody, whatever you identify gender wise, um, you wear clothes that are the opposite of what your gender identifier is. Okay. Um, um, so that's kind of the baseline. Now, 
there's uh, there has nothing to do with and the desire to you know wear pretty lingerie um sexy clothes uh you know to, you know more you know again okay so we'll talk see again this is a really challenging conversation to be able to have to be like all right who am i forgetting <laughs> everybody to like feel good about it so let's talk about i'm just going to use penis owners vagina owners as our baseline and then uh we can go from there Okay. <laughs> so, so say you happen to be a penis owner and, you know, and so as a penis owner, you may like to wear uh, silky feminine uh, lingerie panties, tights, heels, um, and, uh, you know, uh, and that's your like underlayer. And then you may go even further and it may go to, you know, wanting to wear, you know, you know, dresses. Um, and then, you know, the next level. So all of those areas. Um, and again, if you happen to be a vagina owner and see it kind of let it's less on this side of the spectrum. Uh, typically because our society as a whole, um, anyways, in North American society, we, if you're a vagina owner, you can pretty much wear whatever you want. Like there's no real limitations. There's not like, oh, you know, like that, you know, that's, that's typically a boy. And that means this and blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, I can wear a guy's shirt. I can wear a guy's pants. I can, you know, I can, you know, do all of those pieces. I can even wear, you know, even my our panties now these days. I just went panty shopping, by the way, uh, which actually might be a good podcast for me to have. I gotta do an episode about me and panties. <laughs> me and me and panties. I did one about bras, so let's do me and panties. Uh, will be an, another episode coming up soon. Okay, so where was I? Oh, so. As I was at the panty store, there, you know, the style, one of the styles is even called boy cut. So even our panties, if we want, can be pretty and lacy and do the same, you know, be in the cut that, you know, you know, boy panties are or underwear. So there's not a lot of like, you know, kind of sexual gratification in the taboo of wearing uh you know typically men's clothing um because we're allowed to do it all the time and you know it's not really frowned or societally it's not really frowned upon now however years and years and years ago that would have been a different story as you know women were not allowed to wear pants so the idea of even just putting on a pair of pants um was like you know you're wrecking society so i imagine then when there was such a restriction of that that usually what happens when we're not allowed to do something we obviously they we most often turn it into something that will be sexually gratifying to break the norms okay so that's you know i suspect um 
that would have happened there when we weren't allowed to, but because it's so fluid in our day-to-day -day society, um, it's not the same sexual gratification that often penis owners have when they're wearing, you know, frilly, silky, lacy, uh, pretty uh, undergarments. Okay, so, so often the other part of that is like there's different layers of, you know, basically cross-dressing versus being trans um, or drag. Okay, so cross-dressing usually is about the the feel, the prettiness, the satiny, the rubbing, the the texture. And it's for purely sexual gratification. There's no gender identity stuff attached to it. It's just that, ooh, these silky panties, this thong rides up my ass and it makes it feel, it makes me, you know, rubs nicely against my cock and it makes it feel good. Or the taboo of, you know, wearing, you know, these undergarments when you're out in the world under your clothes when you're you know doing work and it's again it's the you know the excitement of the secret that no one knows that you're wearing it or what if you know you get caught wearing it so there's there's this whole a whole layer of again excitement and sexual arousal with the taboo of it and also for the aesthetic purposes okay so that's kind of like one layer. Then the next layer, again, there's no, you're, you know, and you could be, and it, no, and, it, and it's not associated, this other piece that gets miscommunicated all the time or um, people misunderstand, is that wearing panties or lingerie or, you know, a sexy, uh, you know, you know, nylons, for example, or heels, it's more about the sensation and the taboo. And it usually doesn't have for some, like a lot don't, they, there has nothing to do with their sexual orientation. They, if they identify as heterosexual, they're heterosexual. Um, it doesn't change who they're sexually attracted to. So, or they are also not um, feeling like they are you know, trapped in a, you know, male trapped in, or a woman trapped in a male's body um, or a male dropped in woman's body. Like there's no gender identity or sexual orientation that is attached to it. It's just that, you know, wearing silky, sexy, pretty clothes can be sexually arousing from a sensual place and from a taboo place. Okay. So um, yeah, it doesn't need to be all the way on the spectrum. So that's the kind of first level. The second level that I've seen over the years is that it, there's um, the next experience is now wanting to transform. And this is more of that, you know, aspect of drag, wanting to transform more into the opposite gender. And again, you know, when we're talking about the fluidity here, um, you know, I also honor and acknowledge non-binary people may also enjoy 
the sensation of sexy lingerie, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So I just want to take a moment to like, there isn't just two genders, by the way, I acknowledge that there's, you know, non-binary as well. Okay. Um, so where was I? Okay. So now we're like, okay, now we're dropping into the, the next level where you may want to transform into um, a different gender than you identify as. And, but again, it's not affecting your sexual orientation. You're not now changed who you're attracted to. So there's no effect of your sexual orientation. And um, it may not, be, and you don't really want to necessarily um like change your gender but you want to explore uh the persona the attributes the the clothing the all of those components of the different aspects of yourself um and there's sexual gratification in the exploration of those things okay so that's kind of like next that's the next level so and then once we move to levels after that where it really is about um changing your gender feeling that you aren't in the right body then we start moving on to the spectrum of transgendered stuff okay and that's for another conversation for another time but i really just kind of wanted to break down um, in, you know, the world of, especially in my, especially in the world of kink and BDSM, there's a lot of, uh, cross-dressing. It's very popular. It's a popular activity. Um, just like it's a popular experience and it, you know, to have, you know, want to wear nylons, the sensations of the tightness of, uh, I guess the body. Um, the, there's a lot of, you know, uh, wanting to wear heels and wanting to wear boots and, and it's, and again, it's this beautiful sexual, sex, sexualization of items, clothing items, and enjoying the pushing societal limits and, and the taboo of it. So that's that component. Now. I'm going to talk quickly about sissification in, in regards to, um, you know, BDSM uh, that may fall into the, you know, kind of falls under the, you know, more like force cross-dressing, <laughs> um, which again is a whole other spectrum, like there's a whole other lot reasons of arousal and why and how and all the things, okay? so. Sissification is usually either uh, done from a place of your dominant forcing you to, you know, dress up in something pretty um, and or panties wearing panties or wearing panties when underneath your, you know, work clothes, you know, in the world, there's a there's a power dynamic, there's a power play, there's this um, energetic piece around um, you not really wanting to do it, but your uh, dom has forced you to do it 
And that could be part of a reward, that could be part of a punishment, that could be part of a humiliation scene. Like, like there's a lot of like reasons why that may happen um, and why people will gain sexual gratification from these things is because that's part of the, you know, the power exchange BDSM, you know, dynamic within their relationships. Okay. So that's a whole other component where somebody who happens to identify uh, as a particular gender and, um, you know, and they really have no desire to wear um, and be, uh, you know, the opposite gender. And they're, you know, being forced to. And then there's a whole power exchange sexual arousal response because you've been told your 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 dom has told you to do it because they either they enjoy it they like it uh you've been naughty you can use this behavioral modification it can be like there's you know it can be used part of like you know again if there's like power exchange and in that power exchange there's humiliation component of you know being made fun of called a little sissy girl like there's a bunch of stuff that goes along with sissification that has nothing to do with the other well it can be add on to the other parts that i talked about cross-dressing but um this is like another layer of it and another desire to explore it in a different aspect okay so i think i've identified it all um anybody who you know who's listening and if there's a part of you know the aspect of cross-dressing and specification that i missed um you know please reach out to me um if there's some language that i needed to change again please reach out to me um i always want to make sure that i'm you know presenting um and being inclusive of everybody okay so you know i'm okay completely okay if you reach out and say hey you know empress there's this aspect that you missed or you know this is the the description or the way that language that we should use um i'm open because our language is always changing okay now let's talk about the attraction component all right so and in how has cross-dressing showed up in my life because you know i have you know it's my orgasmic life also, I'm going to be doing just a FYI. Um, I also have a whole section on cross-dressing and cisification um, in my BDSM membership program, where you will see me actually um, supporting my demo dolly uh, in some cross-dressing. Um, I'm going to like lean into, uh, you know, lean into. Is there ways in which I can? tap into my uh, more masculine side of my space and get aroused from it and all those kind of things. So um, if you want to see it in action, <laughs> you see it in action, um, make sure you join the BDSM membership. Okay, so let's talk about in my, my own personal experience where this cross-dressing, cisification, um you know has shown up so i remember 
for me personally, I, back in the day, um, when I was younger, we didn't have the identity, the gender identity of non-binary. You were either, you were male, you were female. And um, as a kid, I tended to have more um, gender masculine personality traits as well as behavioral traits. Uh, and so as a kid, I was called and referred to as a tomboy. That's, you know, the rough, tough, rough, you know, I was part of the, I was part, I was the alpha in my, my group of friends, of boys, surprise, surprise. <laughs> Things haven't changed much. <laughs> you know, I wore pants, uh, you know, I hate wearing a dress, uh, all of the things. So as a kid, for me, I didn't really, I didn't inside really identify or want to identify as female. I, I wanted to be seen as a boy. I acted like a boy. I behaved like a boy. There's a lot of, I have a lot of masculine traits um, in my personality. And the feminine side of me, uh, the girl side of me, was very didn't want to be because like when I was a kid being a girl was lame. <laughs> is this, you know, again, I'm sharing my this is my journey, my experience. Okay, so you know uh, I was sharing with you like how I moved and how I felt about it and all all of the things. Okay, so when I was a little girl. I had no desire to be a little girl. Like one little girls were like lame. They, they, they didn't even, I didn't even have any very many female friends, like, because like they were light. They I just wanted to play house or Barbies or dolls or, you know, you know, it was about, you know, looking pretty and sitting pretty and being pretty and not being active at all. I was like a very, very active kid. I wanted to build forts and go on adventures and, you know, do treasure hunts. And so like, you know, girls, like I said, were lame. They didn't do any of those things because like they might, they might mess up their hair or their dress or whatever. So um, I spent my, basically until I was about 14, pretty much moving in the world, acting as, as if. I was a boy and very comfortable in it, actually. Um, and the, the, even the freedom of the clothes just made more sense to me. Like as, as a girl, you had all these dresses and they're frilly and they get caught on stuff and you can't climb trees in them. And, you know, you got to keep your legs closed all the time because, you know, you're not supposed to, you know, show your panties. And it's just like all these rules instead of just this like, you know, ex exploratory childhood where it's like all wonderment and things that you can go, you know, on adventures. So then for me, this is kind of my evolution around my own gender, gender identity. Like I said, if non-binary was a gender identity as when I was a kid, I would have said that that would have worked really well for me. <laughs> I thought, I thought having rules about Betty based on what my body, what parts of my body I had was dumb when I was kid. I'm like, can't I just be me? So 
fast forward, I get, I hit puberty and then I start realizing oh, being, having boobs has some privileges in society. <laughs> Let's make this work for me. At that point, then I started to embrace, you know, you know, girly clothes and, you know, being more feminine and all the girly things with all the very masculine boy like traits of my personality, which still exists today. If you spend any time with me, you're like, wow, you're such a dude. <laughs> Everybody says to me, wow, you're such a dude. <laughs> so, you know. So the first time, though, and this is really fascinating for me is that even once I like figured out that I have boobs and there's lots of, you know, beautiful, you know, opportunities uh, available to me at that point of my life is that I never like I'm kind of, you know, well, I'm not kind of, I am a nudist. So you know, clothes is like all the way around clothing for me is just kind of like a thing that you're supposed to do. So you don't get arrested. Or, or things that you do so you can take them off. That like that's that's kind of my relationship with overall my relationship with clothes, which you know my master has been trying to change for twenty eight years because he's very much about you know outfits and shoes and stockings and you know me wearing all of those things and, and I'm like eh, I'm working on it. so, but I remember the first time that uh i had a boy, a man he was a man where he's 18 uh guy wear panties and how that made me feel me watching that or seeing that and i remember being that that was kind of arousing for me I was like hmm it's kind of hot I didn't really understand why I found it hot, but it was like, hmm, that's definitely, it was definitely hot. But I was more concerned about, I only owned a couple of pair of panties because again, I wasn't like a, you know, a very girly kind of, you know, girl. So <laughs> I'm like, when I caught him, he was all, he was worried that I was going to reject him for wearing panties. And I was like, no, that's kind of hot. I'm like, but you got to buy your own panties. Like that was, <laughs> that was my response. I was like, no, it's cool, but you can't wear my panties because you're, you know, your package is going to stretch it out. So, and at that point, how old was I? I was 16. So I was 16 at that point it was like the first time I kind of had that experience. And then move fast forward and you know, I'm happened to be watching porn with a particular, uh, that time, a uh, particular lover of mine who's very like, like masculine as all fuck, you know, construction worker, you know, the dude, dude. Okay. And so anyways, we're watching porn together and there's this whole scene in the porn where there's, you know, a man wearing pretty panties. And I was like, again, you know, we're fooling around and I'm watching this and, you know, he kind of puts his hands down my, you know, between my legs and he's like, wow, you're really wet. I'm like, I know. He's like, why? I'm like, I don't know. I think it's the boy wearing panties thing happening. I'm like, I'm not sure why it really turned me up. And, uh, you know, I said, 
He's like, ah, you know, I'd wear a pair of panties for you. And I was like, what? You know, like I said, he was like, really, really, you know, guy, guy, but very sexually liberated and free. So, and so we kind of laughed about it and, you know, and I never thought of anything of it. So he comes for a visit. He gets on, you know, he lived out of town. So he was, you know, he took the bus to see me and, you know, for a weekend of, you know, debauchery and sex. And, oh, by the way, now I am like in my twenties. Okay. So I'm about like around, I think I'm probably around 25, 26, maybe 27 ish. Okay. So I'm in that range of my life. And I've done a lot of fun things and had, you know, swinging and all sorts of crazy shit. But, you know, boys and, uh, you know, men in, you know, female undergarments, it wasn't, like I said, the first time it happened when I was 16. The second time it's about to happen. I'm like, you know, in my late, mid to late 20s. So, you know, we ha we're hanging out. He comes from a bus and hang out and all these things. And takes off, I take off his pants because I'm going to give him a blowjob. And there he is. He's wearing these like little panties. I was like, wow, that's really fucking hot. It was like, I, and again, I didn't know why. I, like, I didn't understand why this really excited me. Um, but it did. So, you know, kind of, and then throughout my life, you know, um, you know, I've had, you know, my, my one partner that I have had, who's still, you know, in my life, you know, he, you know, when I met him, he loved cross dressing and, um, but it was all about the taboo and it was about the secret. And it was about, those were the things that really turned him on. But when I would dress him up to take him out um, and, you know, it was like super exciting for me. It was like super arousing. And then, of course, I have wonderful clients who are all different layers of on the spectrum of cross-dressing. And um, it always, it still, it still really turns me on. When I put, when a man wears women's clothes, there's something in it that arouses me. And I don't know, I think for me, if I were to break, it doesn't really matter why. I mean, it turns me on. But um, I think for me, part of it is being able to see the, the sexy lingerie on somebody else allows me to get aroused because I don't really at the core of me, like I said, the core of me is a nudist. So at the core of me, I really don't like wearing any clothes. Uh, you know, I have like a, <laughs> I have a one layer policy. <laughs> if I have to wear clothes, I got one layer. Like, you know, if I'm wearing panties, I'm only wearing panties. Um, I'm not wearing, you know, if I have to, you know, if I'm going to wear panties I'm wearing panties if I'm going to wear pants I'm going to wear pants and you know I'll take my panties off to put my pants on and then if I need to put my panties back on for a sexy play I will take my pants off and put my panties back on so like I really 
have a, like I said, I truly at the core of me is a nudist. However, I can appreciate and creates arousal and appreciate how sexy lingerie can look. And so there's like a visual stimulation for me. Plus there's the the bending of societal rules, which of course always turns me on because it's my nature to bend all the rules. And, um, you know, and certain, you know, and often men have really great legs, <laughs> especially if they're like in heels. I can't believe I'm saying this. If they're in heels and stockings and a garter belt and like panties, I'm like, you know, their legs are just like, keep going. They're like, I'm like, damn, you got good legs. I'm not really a leg person. <laughs> Usually a very much a boob, eyes and arms person. But yeah, you put a, you know, put a lean dude in some heels and stockings. Damn, they got some fine legs. So Again, I'm just sharing, sharing about my experience. So, but I do know over the years, but including the partner that I was talking about who, you know, I used to dress up and blah, blah, blah. You know, there is this deep shame and part of that creates the arousal response, but it's also, it creates this isolation and loneliness instead of being, it's like, it's like the secret that if somebody knows about you, you will, they will reject you. And, and so I've seen that a lot, not just with my clients, but also partners that I've had over the years is that not being able to truly embrace that they like it and they want, they like the sensation. And, you know, there's different, like I said, there's different layers of, as we talked earlier about just sometimes it's sensation, sometimes taboo, sometimes it's just being able to play out, um, you know, and explore, in a, an environment that feels safer to uh, tap into their femininity. Like there's all these different reasons for it. But the one thing I've seen over the years that runs pretty consistent. And if you're listening and you happen to be struggling, that's why I'm acknowledging this piece. Um, or you have somebody in your life that you know is, you know, cross-dressing um, for you to understand a little bit and have, you know, some more, compassion and empathy for the the fact that it's may have been hidden from you and you found it out it's because there's this deep shame about it doesn't make you a man and and if that's the you know and society is very especially in particular north american society and depending on which gen like when which generation you're talking about there is a lot of gender stereotypes that men must live up to or they're seen as weak they're seen as less they're not taken seriously they'll be at the they'll be at the end they'll be at the bottom of the pecking order it's like survival of the fittest and so if you have to be like you know if you're in the, the rat race of survival of the fittest and being and your power and your your power and your leadership and your structure in society is based on how manly you are and how manly you are perceived to be then 
exploring this other side of yourself in whatever capacity, whether it's from a sexual exploration, whether it's from like sensory, you need like the sensory of it, you like the taboo of it, you want to explore, you know, the, the more feminine aspects of yourself. And it's easier to do if you drop into that character, it's like a version of role play, then to let others see you in that way is like scary and possibly dangerous depending on who and where and you know because there's a lot of hatred about the when you're fucking with the societal norms around gender and we've seen that you, you see that all the time all over the place in our society so it's like it's hidden it you hide it and because you don't want to be found out because you don't want to be seen less than a man uh, less than and if you're less than a man then what are you so i just wanted to acknowledge that those may be some of the struggles and those may be some of the fears that either you know if this is has been your journey or if you as a partner um you know, reacted very poorly to, you know, your partner wanting to dress, you know, either in drag or cross dress. Um, I want you to feel the empathy and the compassion and, and, and to drop into creating a safe space. So this is what I want to share. The next piece of this, you know, episode is about how do we create safe havens, safe space where you can embrace who you are, who you, it's okay to be who you are. Um, the people around you support who you are. Even some of them really get fucked turned on about that aspect of you. And that it, did, it doesn't diminish the, you know, everything else of your identity on any level. Because you choosing to, you know, whatever layer or level of, of exploration in the world of cross-dressing and drag and gender fluidity and um, no matter what aspect you are, you still are you and you're amazing as whoever you are and however you want to express it. And it is a part of the expression of you. So stop being in isolation, please, because that's where a lot of more shame gets created and more guilt gets created and more self-loathing gets created um, in that place of isolation. Either hire a pro who, you know, that loves the cross-dressing and, and the drag and justification and all those pieces. Um, find a partner um that's really excited and good about it make some friends build some community with other you know cross-dressing safe spaces go to like events where there's some safe safe spaces for cross-dressing and like lean in but don't stop being alone stop being isolated the more isolated you are the the more like I said, the deeper the shame, the deeper the guilt, the deeper the self-loathing is. And there's nothing wrong with you. You're not a weirdo. You're not a freak. It's part of who you are and how you want to move in the world. And it's part of your sexual expression. It's part of your expression in the world. And so 
there's nothing wrong with you. And as you know, you know, somebody who really, and I'm not the only person, I know lots of people that get super turned on by their, you know, you know, their partners dressing, cross-dressing, drag. So you're not, there is, you deserve to have love and you deserve to be able to have a safe space to be seen for who you are in all the aspects and how that can be an incredible turn on, not just for you, but for others around you. Okay. All right. That's it. That's all. Remember, if you need support, reach me, reach out to me. Um, if you need some help in creating a safe space for you um, to express your cross-dressing uh, trend, your, your cross-dressing, your um, drag, reach out and I can help navigate and maybe find help you find places that you will be a safe space for you and different ways that you can do it so that you are seen and feel validated and all those pieces okay so you can find me at empressgaia.com and the, the rest of the audience who's like just this was great and you know fascinating conversation um you know where I am you can find me at empressgaia.com for all your BDSM kink needs and for everything else I do in the world which is a lot go see me at go visit the hub at guymorissette.com all right Till next time, stay true to your kink. <laughs> and remember, don't ick anybody else's wow. <laughs> Until next time. Bye-bye. Hmm. Well, I hope today's episode inspired you, encouraged you, and of course, made you feel tingly inside. <laughs> I just want to take a moment to tell you how much I appreciate the time that you spend and how I really deeply appreciate you listening. I do it for you guys, the audience, and I love and adore you guys. So quick loving reminder, I am not available for naked pictures, getting married, having sex, or having anybody's babies. And when you want to spend more time with me in a professional capacity as your coach, your teacher, your educator, your facilitator... Um, you can reach me at GaiaMorissette.com. That's the gateway to all things Gaia. I also lovingly invite you to follow me on Instagram, which the handle is My Orgasmic Life Podcast, where you can leave feedback and comments. Also come join me on Facebook at My Orgasmic Life Podcast Facebook group. And I really want to hear from you. I want to know how this show affected you. Did you, what did you learn? Was it inspirational? Did you agree? Do you disagree? Um, you know, I want, I want to know because I'm a little bit of a voyeur. So I want to know what, how am I affecting you? <laughs> so please, please, please come leave some comments. Now, if you're like, but I don't want everybody to know what I'm thinking, which is okay. Sometimes we need privacy and we need to be anonymous. So you would like that option. We have that. You can email my slutty assistant, Layla at GaiaMorissette.com. Okay. 
listeners. Until next time, may your life be filled with sexy exploration and orgasmic pleasure. Bye-bye.